Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. We are live from Wingstop at 28th and Superior. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, and this is 93.7 The Ticket. We'd like you to come on down. We'll be out here until 1 o'clock. Come try the brand-new Wingstop Chicken Sandwich. Choose between any of the 12 flavors. The sandwich comes with two toasted buns and pickles. It is $5.49 for the sandwich. Combo with drink and fries is $7.99. Heck of a deal. Uh, three Lincoln locations, 50th and O, 29th in Pine Lakes, and 28th in Superior, and now in Grand Island. Doors open at 11, so uh, we're already off and running. Order online at wingstop.com or use DoorDash and or Uber Eats to have your food delivered to you. Hey, Rico, you big DoorDash guy, you more Uber Eats? Neither. You don't order food out. Not not through either one of those. If I order food, it's usually like a pickup. I'll just drive out and pick it up from wherever, or we go out to eat or we go through a drive-thru. So I'm not a, not a DoorDash or an Uber Eats guy. I think I got Uber Eats once, and it was a lot more than the food cost to get my food. Yeah, that, that's, that is, that's kind of how those things, they got to make their own money. I mean, so I was, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that, but I was like, <laughs> mm, never again. Yeah, never again. Well, uh, if you are unlike Rico and you would like to, to have the ease of it brought to you, they've they got that uh, option as well. Um, so that's all, all good and fun. Uh, we'll see here. Um, there's a lot going on today. The next season's schedule was released, so we'll get to that in a second. But also, uh, Bill Bush and Mark Whipple spoke to the media briefly, so that was kind of interesting. Not too much coming out of that, I suppose. Um, maybe the biggest thing is that uh, uh, Bill Bush did kind of follow up. If you, if you notice in the Purdue game, Marcus Buford Jr., the starting safety for Nebraska, was out the second half, Phelan Sanford filling in for him. Uh, it was an injury. It said he was a bit dinged up, but he should be uh, 100%. Uh, it, apparently, the injury came from the first play of the game against Devin Mockaby, and then oh. he he, uh, he went ahead and played the rest of the game, uh, rest of the half out, but yeah, he sat out the Mockaby, second Yeah, Mockaby lowered his shoulder into, into Buford, and it was, a, it was a hard collision on the sideline, and Buford was down for a little bit. Uh, they kind of mentioned on the broadcast that, you know, one of the Hustlers was down, but I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that he, you know, was hurt and then came back and, and then wasn't in the second half. Like, I I assumed that he didn't play the rest of the first half. I, I forgot that he was in uh, the rest of the first half. Yeah, because so I noticed kind of interesting down. there. Yeah. And and Phelan Sanford, I believe, had the block uh, the block punt too. So uh, it was kind of a game for him to go out there and uh, kind of show himself out. But I think Buford being back uh, that'll help Nebraska's uh, secondary there. Obviously, this week it's more about stopping Chase Brown in the run. But uh, you know the run support there from one of your starters that'll be nice. Uh, also uh, from today, uh, just kind of uh, Bill Bush was kind of going on about the the, the talk about uh, losing Nick Henrich and calling it kind of a kick in the gut. Um, which, if you haven't heard uh, so far, Nick Hendricks is now out for the season. Um, so it will be challenging. And I think, too, as we look forward to this game, the different things that Nebraska needs to do, Luke Reimer is still a bit banged up. I, I don't know if he's at 100%. It looks like he's going to play. But um, this is not a, you know, this is the kind of the stretch run of, of tough games against big, big running backs, Big Ten running backs, mm-hmm. the best of the bunch. Um, it's not a perfect time. And now certainly starting with a guy that has 619 
yards after contact this year. It's never. Um, that's good crazy. To, yeah, it's never good to lose two of your starting or to lose a starting linebacker, but especially in this stretch of running backs, like you just said, uh, yeah. it's going to be a real big problem if you're missing both of your starting linebackers. If if Luke Reimer isn't able to play, although Mickey Joseph did say yesterday that he's expecting Luke Reimer to get on the field and play, so it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting time to see who shows up and and who shows out at middle linebacker for the Huskers. Yeah, and, and Chris Kalarvich obviously moving from uh, – he started the year at nickel. He used to be an inside linebacker, moved to nickel. That experiment kind of didn't work, so they moved him back to inside linebacker. Uh, he is now the starter in, in Hendricks' position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also obviously going to look at uh, Maga Clements and, uh, and, and the freshman to get in there as well. well uh, so. Yeah, Hausman. So uh, that'll be kind of interesting to see how it goes. I, I I fear that a little bit. I think that's something to kind of look at going into this game. Nebraska's uh, run defense has been gashed at times. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, more earlier in the season, Devin Mockaby probably got too many yards uh, for what it's worth probably. as far as Purdue. <laughs> probably. Well, we saw it play out. That is a definitely um, got way too many yards. <laughs> but with those, yeah. those three backup running uh, linebackers there, to me – um, Kalarovich and Hausman are more of the bigger backs that I would really expect to be more of the stopping the runs in the middle uh, type of guys, whereas Ernest Hausman is more of a sideline-to-sideline kind of guy and someone that you might put in there in, a, in passing downs um, to to break up some passes across the middle or maybe run with a, uh, a, a tight end or a, or a slot wide receiver, whoever maybe a running back, whoever coming out of the backfield, um, just because he – isn't as as bulked up as those two. He is a true freshman, but he does have that speed, and he has experience in coverage as he played safety and corner in high school before uh, putting on the pounds and moving down to linebacker for his senior season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll kind of see how that plays out. I think Terrell has said it uh, over and over again: load the box on these guys, make them uh, pass to beat you. Um, that's something that probably a lot of teams have probably figured out with with Illinois at this point. But you got to stop the run before that. Um, even if you have the numbers game in there, this is a a big tough line, which is crazy when you when you remember Brett Bielema. First of all, remember he had a first year coordinator last year and switched coordinators. So uh, kudos to Brett Bielema realizing that didn't work, cutting it off immediately, uh, and, and moving on to the next guy and remember I think it was about this time last year Bielema was very critical of his offensive line and just how he basically inherited it and now turn around a year later they have the nation's leading rusher Um, that is just uh, that is why I like Brett Bielema he is uh, he's a guy uh, that has developed offensive lines now you have to keep in mind he's primarily a defensive guy and and it's kind of funny when we say that because you know football is football and to know how to stop an offense you got to know a little bit of offense if you're going to play defense but uh, his background is from uh, from the defensive side of the ball so uh, it's it's crazy how he's kind of known when you say Brett Bielema you think of big bad offensive lines and great running games but it's also his defense usually that he has a lot of say in as well um, that kind of rounds out the team so uh, it's just it's going to be interesting it's a it's it's this is this is Brett Bielema this is Big Ten personified uh, number one defense in the nation nation's leading rusher it's here and it's it's a big test for Nebraska. I know the name Illinois, the uh, maybe the colors they don't scare you. It's, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't even feel like it's a Wisconsin team. And I yeah. think that maybe if if this if they had uh, Wisconsin helmets on, I think that would would give you a little bit more of a feel for how you know much of a challenge this is going to be. Yeah, if you take all of the stats, all of the names, and all uh, you know, if you take everything from Illinois and you just change it to Wisconsin jerseys, people would people would not be speaking. 
about this team, the way that they're speaking about this team this week, you know, saying that the numbers aren't aren't factual and that, you know, maybe they're not as good as they truly, you know, maybe not the number 17 team in the nation, whatever. It's just the fact that it's Illinois, it's orange, it's white, it's, you know, coming out of champagne. That's the only reason that people are doubting what's going on. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at what the offense and the defense are doing for Illinois, I mean, this is a good team. This is a really solid team. I mean, if you want to, you know, I guess take out the Oklahoma game, if you just look at the conference games, this is going to be the best team you are facing up until this point, up until, you know, probably next week or the week after when you face Michigan. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be a heck of a so, test too. Yeah, so you have to look at this game, and you can't just look at the name and say, oh, it's Illinois, Nebraska is going to beat them down. Nebraska hasn't beaten Illinois in the last two times that they've played, I believe. So they're they're 0-2 against Illinois in the last two years after winning, I believe, eight of the last nine before that. <laughs> One of those losses so, to Lovey Smith, who somehow fell upward into the Houston Texans. Exactly. Down, so yeah. you can't just look at Illinois and talk down to them because of their name. You have to you know treat this game with some sort of respect, especially with the way that they're playing ball this season. So... You know, looking at Chase Brown, looking at Brett Bielma, looking at this offensive line uh, and this defensive line. Their defensive line is a, is a bunch of monsters. I believe their leading mm-hmm. tackler is a defensive lineman, which I don't know I how. I, top three. Yeah, I don't know aren't. how often that happens for <laughs> for a football team because normally your defensive no. linemen aren't the ones you know getting the tackles. They're you know setting up things for your linebackers to get. If you if your linebackers your leading tackler, that's kind of expected because they're shooting through the holes, shooting through the gaps, and getting the tackles that the defensive linemen are setting up for them. But their defense li- defensive linemen are so disruptive and so you know powerful, good with their hands, good with their feet, and everything that they're able to shed blocks and get the tackles in the backfield. You know within a few yards of the line of scrimmage and that's going to be something that really uh hinders nebraska if this offensive line isn't much improved from what they did against purdue because if you go up against a super talented defensive line like this illinois defense you're going to have problems if you can't stop anybody from getting past you your quarterback's going to be in a lot of pain and your running back's probably going to be in a lot of pain well, and speaking of running backs being in a lot of pain, I did want to ask you this too. 41 attempts last uh, last time out for Chase Brown. Um, as we think about Nebraska getting the bye week, the different changes, and, and maybe a little bit of rest for players uh, to get a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. Chase Brown probably needed this bye week more than anybody. Um, <laughs> do you expect Illinois just to, to think that they can lean on him like that all season? Now, 41 might be a bit high, but he had like 31 the previous game. He's getting a lot of touches, and he's getting banged up. Uh, but so far, it's worked. Do you think that that um, do you think that they they are going to start to monitor his carries as the season goes on, or is it, is it just do whatever it takes to win here? I think it's do whatever it takes to win. I mean, you've seen it with. I mean, you're just going to go back to a Wisconsin. You've seen it with them where they just mm-hmm. load up a running back with carries. And if he does get dinged up, you go to your second, your third string. But for the most part, if you're looking at carries, this person, this this workhorse back is going to get the line share of the carries. And I think that's what Illinois is going to do with Chase Brown is they're going to ride him until they can't, until the wheels fall off, really, until he can't run anymore, or until he, you know, taps his helmet and pulls himself out of a game for an extended period of time. He's going to be the one in there. I mean, he has 100 50 plus carries and their next closest is somewhere around 30 so I, I i don't see them going away from what's working especially as he's leading the nation in rushing yards so i if it ain't broke don't fix it that's that was that would be my mantra yeah and and, and, and we'll see i mean that guy might just uh, he's not he's not too much of a threat to break him off 
too big. He doesn't, he, you know, he can get a 30-yarder or whatever, but he's, he's usually not just going to run 80 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder, as, as he grinds throughout the season with that many carries, if he's going to be able to push, um, you know, uh, 1,800 yards, 1,900 yards, up to 2,000 yards, uh, especially if they get a bowl game, if they get into the Big Ten Championship, then I think that he probably could. You just hope that his, his health stays there. But um, it's, it's a battle atop the Big Ten to have the best running back in this conference because if you do, you'll, you'll likely have the best running back in the nation. And Nebraska's certainly going to get used to knowing some of these guys, the Blake Corms <laughs> and, uh, you know, those guys that are coming up on the schedule. Uh, another guy that's coming up on the schedule is Mo Ibrahim in Minnesota uh, this season. He will be gone next season as Nebraska opens the season with Minnesota. We got to all the Big Ten schedules released today. If you haven't heard it yet, Nebraska opening up on a Thursday night at Minnesota, row the boat. It's going to be in. Uh, it's going to be in August, August thirty first. Uh, so still two matchups with Minnesota here, and I don't know what what's the next uh, uh, eleven months or whatever yeah. it is, ten months. Uh, it's. Uh, I like. I kind of like this. Minnesota often opens up on that Thursday. Um, uh, one other note from this is that Nebraska. Uh, uh, you know, if you look back at the Big Ten schedules, seems to be opening up on the road uh, frequently. I think it was five out of the last six times. I, I saw it on Twitter or something like that, and uh, I'd have to go back and look at it. You know, you know part of that's going to, uh, you know, Ireland, so mm-hmm. that's kind of a road game for both teams, but technically it was a home game for Northwestern. Uh, either way, uh, if you haven't followed that along, Penn State has opened up on the road for their Big Ten schedule. Um, since they joined the conference in, like, 1994, it, it's basically they've had, like, two home games to open up this. I mean, so the Big Ten, watch out because they will they'll bury you into a hole of doing this if every you, every year. If you're not a founding member, you play on the road. Those are That's the rules right. in the Big Ten. Also, somebody <laughs> on the text line asked, when was the last time Illinois beat Nebraska at home? That would be 2020. They came to Memorial Stadium oh, yeah, and beat Illinois, or Illinois beat them 23-41. to 41. Well, 41 to 23. Yeah, that was the Luke McCaffrey started that game. Yep, that was coming <laughs> off of the uh, – so they beat Penn State at home 30 to 23. That was, you know, the 2020 yep. season with no fans. Uh, beat Penn State at home and then hosted Illinois the next week. And I, I'll admit, I was one of the people that was like, all right, this is this is it. This is you, You're you going to blow out Illinois. You're going to have a, a good time going into, going into the Iowa game because they played Iowa on November 27th. And uh, it didn't work. Didn't work out that way. No. No, and, and again, that was that game. Remember Luke McCaffrey, that first play, it was doomed from the beginning. There's this, like, pass slash, you know, fumble type of thing that yep. went on, uh, and uh, it just never recovered. Luke McCaffrey's quarterback career never recovered. <laughs> was it a fumble? Was it, not a, was it a backwards pass? Was it not a backwards pass? Yeah. That whole debacle. That and Nebraska's defense just from one week a, the week before where they basically grinded out that victory against Penn State, they were the reason for that victory, uh, just kind of fell flat on its face. And uh, that was one thing of the Scott Frost era that, I mean, we'll all remember because he, he didn't win very often, and uh, we all know that he didn't win three games in a row. It was just any time they got the smallest amount of momentum, it was gone by the next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and somebody <laughs> else mentioned they were wearing those awesome black shirt uniforms that apparently they're not allowed to wear anymore because they lost. <laughs> those are the rules. I don't make them. Yeah, well, yeah, you get. That is what it is. At least uh, I know. Uh, I know the black shirt. Terrell Farley. He was not happy. Yeah, he was not happy about that. I think they're uh, awesome. Other- they squirm again. 
Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. It, it gets weird because they wore their uniforms this this past time. They've I've been saying it. They've been switching that game where you you, you use your uh, where you wear different uniforms, alternate uniforms to winnable games, right? They're trying. Well, they did it for Georgia Southern this year. Yeah. And, uh. Every time they're like, <laughs> all right, so we should win this game. Let's wear different uniforms. Let's see how it works. And then they don't win the game. And it's very they're gonna wear, they're They never wore. Remember? So they had the black shirt uniforms, the black ones, right? Then they had yeah. the white ones with the skull and crossbones. Never wore them. Yeah. I think that was last season because they asked Frost about it, and he was like, yeah, we'll wear it at some point. And then they never wore them. They looked pretty clean, too. I like those They did ones. in the promotional video that they posted. And, and the black shirt jerseys, those weren't supposed to be alternates. Those were or like just one-off alternates. Those were supposed to be like into the mix, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be like once a year. They, they break them out. Yeah. Whether it's an away or a home game, because that's why they had the black and the white ones. And then it just, they lost in the black ones. They never wore the white ones. And then you've kind of never heard about them. The, the recruits <laughs> wear them on their visits is, is what you're yeah. getting now. That's the only time you see them. It's because of Illinois. Damn you, Illinois. <laughs> we got to get. Maybe you wear them. Maybe you wear the them this shirts. one and you win. And then, the, then <laughs> that lifts the alternate uniform curse, right? I heard somebody on the text line earlier was was asking about alternate uniforms or maybe switching up the uniforms. Maybe they heard some inside scoop. Uh, maybe we'll get some alternate uniforms here. I hope uh, so. Back to the back to the 2023 schedule. That Thursday night opening up at Minnesota. I think that's awesome. And then uh, then you don't wait uh, too long. I guess you do have uh, wait. You know you don't get that Saturday. But the next week you play at Colorado. So two away games. To open up the year, that's going to feel kind of weird. You don't get a home game in Lincoln until the 16th, midway through September. Um, but of course, last time Boulder was kind of made into a home game. Mm-hmm. Talk about time! I mean, this is just going down memory lane. When you were up 17 nothing in Boulder at halftime, don't talk about that. Was that was the height of the Scott Frost era. I we still, don't talk uh, about I still that. Argue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I liked it at least. At least yeah. for a moment, it was. Yeah, cool. it was. It was okay uh, for a second. It, it dissipated into what, the second Northern, half in Northern overtime. Illinois. Who, yeah, that's another one. Who used to do a really good job of coming into Nebraska and picking off some of the recruits. They killed Mike Riley's era. Northern they did. Illinois did. <laughs> Louisiana so Tech. So there's a lot of history here. Louisiana Tech, the Troy Edwards game back in 1998. Look at that. We're just getting memory lane for every game. <laughs> Michigan. What? Yeah, go ahead. Where's your Michigan one? <laughs> well, I don't. I just go back to 1997. Whenever I think of Nebraska, Michigan. Their fake and that's championship. Gonna be, well, yeah, because they wouldn't play us. They went to the Rose Bowl instead. Uh, but the uh, but the 25 year anniversary, I can't believe is is coming up here. And the other thing, the other part about that that kind of dawned on me recently is it is officially as long, you know, f- from f- from Tom Osborne's retirement to how long his career was, right? Because he was 25 years in at Nebraska. So it's crazy, um, probably as we come to really. Uh, show how great Tom Osborne was one of these days. We'll have to compare the 25 years he was in and the next 25 years afterwards. Um, obviously, the national titles are easy to count up, but <laughs> conference wa- titles. Do you want to do that? <laughs> I think we should do it just to show how great Dr. Tom was. Okay, we can do it. 
don't but, want to. Uh, we can do it. It's going to make us a little bit depressed about yeah. the rest of it. But hopefully the changing of the guard is coming soon. Nebraska's been looking for their next Dr. Tom uh, for quite <laughs> some time. Uh, back to the schedule as it, gets, as it pertains to the 2023 schedule for Nebraska. As we mentioned, Minnesota-Colorado open up on the road. They come back for Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Then as you get into your Big Ten swing, you have Michigan at Illinois. Uh, following that, a bye week, Northwestern, Purdue at Michigan State. I like the return of Michigan State. We can talk the about a lot of those shed. former games. The Woodshed. Uh, Maryland uh, at Wisconsin in Iowa. So Wisconsin and Iowa still being the back end of Nebraska's schedule. I like that. It's kind of gets you into that rivalry feel as you end up uh, the season. Um, Michigan State, as the, although, although they're a little bit down, um, I've always felt that's a, that's a former Legends division uh, yeah. rival because that that, was, they, they were starting something back then. Uh, the Penn State game was supposed to be the permanent crossover for Nebraska. Yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. And that that was got off to a weird start, as we all know. In, in any case, and that never really never really came out. That, that doesn't feel like anything really was. It is still always cool to see two historic uh, helmets on the field colliding with one another. But oh, yeah, that um, that totally blank white helmet. It's so cool. <laughs> well, their helmets, yeah, legendary, legendary. Yeah, uh, that, I think. Yeah, do you, you think? Say that. I think Nebraska kind of feeling. Still, like they've got their rivals brewing a little bit, but I hope if Nebraska can can level up their game once USC gets into the conference, I think that could be your what you kind of had with Penn State there, where it's just kind of this awkward. We don't really belong. We don't have our our traditional rivals, but this one's got enough history together. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I hope that happens for Nebraska and USC. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, it is time to look at the famous Illinois alumni. We do this every Wednesday. Uh, look at the opponent's famous alumni. Illinois is a good school. There's a lot to go run down here. So uh, we'll do that coming up next. We're live at uh, Wingstop, 28th and Superior. Come on down, try a new chick- uh, Wingstop chicken sandwich. Uh, they're chicken uh, wings as well. Anything you want, uh, seasoned fries, seasoned corn. It's all delicious. We'll be out here until 1. You're listening to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 